This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We are so fired up for the second round matchup. The stars of Golden State against this young but very talented Grizzlies team. Leveling up, call who you want, they ain't messing with us. You hear that do do do, you better duck be a little too late or you'll be out of luck. Clark inside is fouled, and they're going to look at that one. Throw him out. That's the chance to remember. He's going back to the locker room. That is a huge call. Both teams right now knocking down big shots. And what a game one to this series. These teams throwing haymakers at each other here in the fourth. And the Warriors back up by one. 3.6 remaining. Moran on the drive. Scoop layup. No good. It's over. Golden State holds on and wins game one. What a thriller here in Memphis. Is Jalen Rose. I am David Jacoby. We up, are Jalen and Jacoby. What is we it, it that we do? What they want. Round two of the NBA playoffs is here, and we are here to break it down. We start in Memphis, where the Grizzlies hosted the Warriors in an amazing back-and-forth contest. These two teams just trading body blow after body blow at the end of the game. John Morant had a couple chances to put the Grizzlies ahead, perhaps for good, and this one in particular with the left hand was off and gave the Warriors game one in Memphis. And a contrast of styles entering this series because the Golden State Warriors, led by their Splash Brothers and now adding Jordan Poole into the mix, have unlimited range and their offensive wizardry in particular from three has just been unmatched. And then you had the Memphis Grizzlies who are going to do all of the dirty work statistics. Offensive rebounds, fast break points, points in the paint. So it's a contrast of styles and wheels. And a young, a young and up-and-coming team, as you mentioned, versus a seasoned veteran team. Mm. And those storylines literally played out throughout this game. As they dared Ja to shoot the three early, he did, and then he got going. They did a terrific job of defending Bain the entire game. And then the benches came in. Melton played well for, for Memphis. And then Jordan Poole was just a revelation shooting them back in the game. Like, that's, that's literally what he did. And, and the elephant in the room was the Draymond Green ejection. And so as that play took place, Jacoby, when you really look at it, he did whack him across the face and mm -hmm. the head. He did try to grab his jersey to not make him fall so intense. So for me, I felt like in particular during a playoff game, that should be a flagrant one. I clearly respect the job the officials do. Almost like a center in football, you really don't say their name until they make a mistake. But what ends up happening is there are judgment calls in all the sports, in particular in the NBA. Let me teach you some. First quarter calls, fourth quarter calls. Rookie calls, vet calls. Block charge over the back. 
reach in. And here's the one, travel. And so a lot of times the officials are paying attention to everything that is happening like a computer. That's why it's three of them out there. And then you have officiates at the desk and you also have Sakakas watching. And so they know what's happening time and place with every single person. So if I'm standing next to Reggie Miller and it's a playoff game and we both reach in and they know that it's going to put him in foul trouble, he marquee, I'm going to get the foul. But that's a part of the game. So therefore, you're supposed to be looking for reasons to keep Draymond in the game, not the opposite. And that's what I felt took place. And it doesn't minimize the hit on Brandon Clark, but it does highlight the fact that things should and will be called different when it's playoff time. That absolutely, absolutely should have been a flagrant one and not a flagrant two. I was shocked when I watched them announce that he was leaving the game. But what did you think about his response? The way that he was hyping up the crowd and running around and bouncing around and giving everybody a pound? What do you what, think about the what, way Draymond what, handled I mean, it? What, I mean, he from the mitten. He represents Saginaw Pride. And I know he was angry and I know he was hurt. Because you got to remember, the Golden State Warriors could have another championship if Draymond Green didn't get ejected with his altercation with LeBron James, his interaction with LeBron James during that playoff game. And so I know he was thinking, please win this game for me. Like, the, the emotion that he showed out was just an exhale that he wasn't going to be able to do for the rest of the game. The thought was, please win this game for me. And you saw him come back out there rocking his Buffaloes, giving his team dap as they was walking towards the locker room because he understands what you and I understand. They don't win that game and he gets ejected. That becomes the storyline. Mm -hmm. And that's what I appreciate about his teammates. Andrew Wiggins was getting loose balls playing with hustle. Kaminga's, Kaminga plays some minutes. Did you see Gary Payton the second dunk? Mm -hmm. did, 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 did you see young fella parachute through the lane and, and and take off the way he did. So th they upped their level of play while Draymond Green was out in order to hold it down for him. Clay made a big shot late after Steph missed a big shot late. But also for Memphis, the time management was poor. Like yep. you had a chance to foul in the backcourt. I know you're thinking about fouling Steph and Poole and Clay, but then you finally foul. You let too much time go off the clock. Clay goes to the line, he actually misses. And he missed two, but they could have got a two for one too on that last possession. They got the ball with about 37 seconds. You could easily get a two for one and guarantee yourself the last possession. They didn't do that either. But here's a play that people underestimate. The hustle play by Gary Payton II, who started the game, and Poole came in at halftime to start the game, and that's great coaching by Steve Kerr for the offensive defense during the game adjustment. But he went for the free throw offensive rebound. And mm -hmm. That play, now, it should have been Warriors ball. Now, let me say another officiating thing. I don't have to tell you, Jacoby, how many times you played rec pickup, watched the league, covered the league, you've been doing this for over 20 years. They know that ball was off Steph. They got to look I mean, at it again. I, mean, sorry, why, I, mean, I don't know why we're doing a jump ball after, after right. we're reviewing everything all season long. Why are we jumping it at center in, the end, in, a, in a crucial playoff game? They know that ball was not off Steph. You know it, and I know it. That's a perfect example of what I mean about officiating the situation. Like, they do a great job of helping the suspense and the drama happen also. 
And how do you do that? You create a situation where, boom, if the ball, go, go, if, if, if it becomes Warriors ball instantly, then the game may be over. But if it comes a jump ball, now you get a fantastic finish. And that's what we got. And that's where you started the show asking me about Josh's finish. Now, in the last series when Anthony Edwards went for the gamble, he did a terrific finish. He had the athleticism, the quickness, and the angle to finish with the left. This time, Klay Thompson did a great job of coming over, trying to wall him off and take away this angle. So mm -hmm. he couldn't have a straight shot to finish it. And so here's something that you're going to see next year because Josh's still a young player and he's already a superstar in the league. He's gonna add something to his game. You know what that's gonna be, Jacoby? A runner and or a floater. See, when you, was, when you can get to the bucket the way he can and you so unstoppable and you lead the league in points in the paint, as you would say, he knuckles at the rim. Or when you jaw, you donking on everybody, right? As you start to progress in your career, you start to get that run, you start to get that floater. Now you're shooting it going towards the rim. You see what I mean? And mm -hmm. a guy that's 6'7", like Clay, won't even be big enough. Those are giant killers. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I appreciated the, the effort that both teams played with, but, but also when you talk about Memphis, you have to mention Desmond Bain. And he was their leading scorer through the first round, shooting 50 from the floor, over 40, almost 50 from three, 90 from the line. Like they held him to nine points. And that also was a major catalyst for getting this win. Well, Jalen, um, I want to see more from Bain. I mean, this was a game that I felt like the Grizzlies should have won and sort of lost it in the last couple minutes. Game two is going to be exciting. But one thing that I watched during this game I needed to show you, Dylan Brooks, one of your favorite players, did one of your least favorite things. Threw up some air balls. And I don't believe he was the only one. Or maybe he was the one that did too. But either way, that let me know that it was off. You mm. know what I'm saying? Like, but I'm ha you know who I'm actually happy for? Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, he the hit some shots. You know, I've been telling you forever, like, he's a right-handed um, free-throw shooter and three-point shooter. But unlike Ben Simmons, he still is able to finish with his left hand going to the basket. Ben does the opposite. Ben finishes at the hoop with his right and shoots at the free throw line and three with his left. And so, like Jeff Van Gundy was stressing during the game, the notorious, you got to play him like he's left. And he did a terrific job of getting himself going. But, yeah, you're right. My guy Dylan Brooks did shoot a couple of air balls. He's going to need to respond in the next game. We, they need more from Brooks, Brooks and Bain in game two, which I can't wait for. Killer but now bees. we have to turn our attention to the other round two game one from yesterday. And this one was not close at the end like the Grizzlies and Warriors. It was Giannis and the Bucks dominating the Celtics from start to finish. So gather around, boys and girls. Let me tell you an old NBA fable about the best player in the league. His name is the Greek Freak. See, I know everybody gets enamored sometimes with the marksmanship like a Kevin Durant or the championship pedigree and the longevity and greatness that is LeBron James and up-and-coming players like Luka and the Joker and Embiid, so many great players. 
But when I watch Giannis play against those guys, and Jason Tatum is the person I'm referring to right now, it reminds me how much Giannis is on a whole nother level mm. than everybody else. He's playing against the guys that certain people are saying that are better than him. Are y'all watching the game? <laughs> he played against Kevin Durant last year in the playoffs. Y'all know that, right? He's playing against Jason Tatum in this year's playoffs. And the one thing about Giannis is in all phases, Jacoby, he made, he's an improved free throw shooter, an improved mid-range. You see Giannis pulling up for the mid-range? And the playmaking, Jalen. The, the playmaking. The playmaking. Like, no, like, like no big deal. You see how triple-double? What about mm -hmm. high passing and then transition? Kicking at the body port is left corner for three. And how about creating for himself? The up and under, the footwork, throwing it off the backboard. He making players like Pat Connaughton productive. Bobby Portis play above themselves like that's the same side double they the reason why they slump down like that because he can make that shot now mm -hmm. that's why they're dropping down he can make that and don't put a small guy on him and try to get the real you remember when grant williams was guarding kd last series you remember mm -hmm. that yep you, you remember that and like yep. it, 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 and it was a physical difference did, did you see that yesterday there was so, a physical difference, but it went the other way. It was Giannis just being more dominant, stronger, longer than everybody the Celtics threw in front of him. And, and also, here's a contrast of styles. We teaching today. I feel good when it's playoff time, baby. So when it's Steph unlimited range and his jaw points in the paint, the, the eye test for the casual fan can underestimate the two pit bulls that play point guard for these two teams. And they impact the game the exact same way the first two guys I mentioned but defensively. They mm -hmm. basically had the same defensive stats this season. I don't know if you realize that. And when one of those guys gives you offense, it's a game changer. And yesterday, while Marcus Smart was hobbled, that player was Drew Holiday. And yep. as my brother Styles P of the Locks would say, Holiday, they, they was locking down. Mm -hmm. they, they was swarming. And so, Drew Holiday is the lead catalyst for that, along with Giannis. And so, I admit, I was wrong. Dead wrong. I got caught up in the hype. And, oh, and, and no. you know what? Malika Andrew just brought me down to earth yesterday doing Countdown. Shout out to my brother Stephen A and Will Bond, working with them, and Michael E's and the crew this weekend, Shanae, Richard Jefferson. She made sure she told me, I watch your show, and you ride for Giannis. Uh, yep. You More picked than the bus anybody. all season long, and then you're going to switch up in the, in the like, ninth inning, Mr. Rose. How can you get caught how up in the hype this? when you how see you KD? She, she said, first off, you was the person that said, don't break up Tatum and Brown. How when you see KD, you going to get scared and switch? How when you see Giannis, that, like, that's your man. I see you in Milwaukee. That's your man. So, again, all praise to the Milwaukee Bucks. And I want to put a bow on this by saying one thing. Darvin Ham deserves to be a head coach next season. Like, you see what's happening? What, what, what Monty had done it already. But, like, the younger, like, E. May and Willie Green, they're following the footsteps of the Ty Lues or the, or the former players who seem to have their fingerprints all over their teams and are able to not only get them to play above the X's and O's, but also be able to challenge them. Like, Ime Udoka 
when you watch how he interacts with the Celtics, it's or 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 Darvin Ham as an associate head coach with the Bucks, it's different from how Steve Nash can interact with Kyrie and KD. You you see what I'm saying? That those dudes are gonna allow them to coach them, and so. When you got a guy like that in Darvin Ham and you see how the roster has continued to develop, I anticipate he's going to be a head coach, deservedly so, next year. The winner of this series will face the winner of Philadelphia-Miami. Game one is tonight, but Philadelphia will have to face the number one seed Miami Heat without Joel Embiid. Out with an orbital fracture and a concussion. We'll discuss the impact of that right after this. You're watching J&J. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Coming to you live from the Seaport in New York City and brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen, two great games in round two yesterday. Two great games in round two tonight. Let's starting go. in Miami, where the Philadelphia 76ers will have to take on the Heat without Joel Embiid, who got caught that elbow from Siakam, has an orbital fracture, was not even traveling to game one and game two. Can the Sixers steal one of these two games in Miami without Embiid? I don't believe they can steal one of these games. Um, Joel Embiid likely going to be the MVP of the league. You just can't win against a number one seed without a guy that dominant. 40-10 games, the most since the merger. Led the league in scoring. He's also a dominant defensive player. Still a good rim protector, great rebounder. A physical presence, like really, that does he's the he's one of one in today's NBA in a lot of ways. So you don't just replace him. And so you now look at James Hart. Yeah, you do. And what ends up happening in the league, take it from somebody that played 13 years, that's been traded before, that was born in the game and been covering the game. This is my 20th consecutive year on television covering these playoffs. And let me tell you something. The more teams you play on, the less you become the marquee. Let me mm. rewind that for you. The more teams you play on, the less you become the marquee. So what does that mean? When Chris Paul didn't meet championship expectations with the Clippers or the Rockets, he got sent to Siberia, OKC. He had to reinvent himself. And he went to Phoenix and he became a classic. James Harden right now got to prove he's not just a used car. And 
Those car facts don't lie because when he was in Houston, MVP, all NBA, trending toward being a top 75 player. But then when you look at what happened in the Nets, you like, that ain't the same player. When you look at what's happening with the Sixers, that ain't the same player. So to me, this is a chance for him to reestablish his chance to be the marquee because he has performed better when he didn't have to feed somebody else. So this may be his chance to be carefree, loose, and not that he isn't a great passer. He's led the league in total assists. He led the league this year, the only guy with 20 and 10. Like, he's a really good playmaker, but they're gonna need him to be a scorer. Yep. And, and so I want to see if he's going to be able to do that against a Heat team that should win these first two games since Joel Embiid isn't playing. And that Miami Heat defense locked up Trey Young, a ball-dominant guard who likes to operate from the top of the key just like James Harden. It's going to be tough for Harden and these Sixers to win tonight. But you mentioned Chris Paul. Chris Paul is off, also in action this evening. Last time we saw Chris Paul, he went 14 for 14 from the field and closed out the Pelicans. Can he do something similar against a good Mavericks defense? Chris Paul gonna pick and choose his spots. And let me tell you the spots he's gonna choose right now is I'm just gonna breathe for a minute. I ain't got this little pest Grand Theft Alvarado on me. Got this little rookie Herb Jones trying to block my shot. Like uh, Pelicans gave them problems. I got D Book back now. I'm about to start getting him back going, allowing him to be the leading scorer in the NBA in the first quarter and continue to feed DeAndre Ayton, continue to nurture Bridges as he continued to ascend. And then CP will take the shots that he feels like the team needs during the game, and then in the fourth quarter in particular, be more aggressive. But I'm ready for Luka in the second round. Yeah. Something that we're seeing for the first time in his career. I'm happy for Jalen Brunson, the way he played in the first round. It's gonna be a lot of, um, a lot of fireworks in this one. Luka versus Bridges is going to be a matchup to watch when Luka has the ball in his hands that I cannot wait for. I also can't wait to discuss Jalen's look from this weekend. Trending on Twitter, a lot of discussion, the controversial outfit. We'll discuss right after this. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, every day that Brittany Griner is still detained in Russia, we recognize it, and it is going on way too long. One day is too long. 74 days is entirely too long. We here at Jalen and Jacoby wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States. Jalen, I love doing this show with you Monday through Friday, and I also get to spend my time with you on the weekends because you are on NBA Countdown. And this outfit, the double-breasted suit, the jeans, the sneakers, caused a lot of controversy online, Jalen Rose. Absolutely. Fear of God. 2022. You got to go to Italy and check out what they're doing on the runways. And by the way, I wore Fear of God to the Last Supper. Shout to the fly guy, Griselda family. And all, honestly, I've been doing that. You know, hair, baldy, suit, draft, this year's draft. It don't stop. Frames, the Rothsteins <laughs> on the day. That's why I was in GQ this week. We'll be back tomorrow, ESPN 2, 4 p.m. Industry tastemaker. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. 
Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. We got a special guest for you on tomorrow's podcast. Who's going to be joining us on tomorrow's show, Mr. Rose? Action Bronson is joining the program. And he's on tour right now with my brother, Boldy James, Bo Jack. They doing big things on stage. He got a new project out. Can't wait for him to join the show. But as I talk about music, Jacoby, and we kick off the program, and I know you got a rundown, I I just have to say something that truly bothered me over the weekend as a baby daddy. Okay. Pete Davidson got Kanye's kids tattooed, initials tattooed on him? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a violation. That's unlike Draymond Green. That that's a flagrant foul that deserves an ejection. Well, like that that's taking it too far. It's taking it a little too far. Y'all y'all you you just got here, dog. You know what I'm saying? You just got here. And and also I'm gonna put this on her because he can't do this if she don't allow it. Come on, mom. Mhm. Come on, mom. I agree. This whole Pete Davidson thing is just wild to me. Like, like just the, the idea that we're saying his name out loud into microphones right now is too much for me. And he treats tattoos like he just treats his whole body like it's just a notepad that he's doodling on. So it's not even like, to me, I'm not surprised by anything that he does. But he came out with a movie about himself. Now he's got a new series about himself. It's just like, dog, hey, how many times are you going to do the autobiographical show? But we can move on from Pete Davidson. I want to turn my attention to another, another coupling that has nothing to do with Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. It has everything to do with... Mikael Bridges and Luka Doncic. Mikael Bridges and Luka Doncic, one of the best perimeter wing defenders in the league, if not the best, against one of the best perimeter wing scorers, ball handlers in the league. What do you expect to see between these two? It's always good D when they miss. So, unless he blocking it, Luka gonna get his numbers. Like, Luka's becoming the kind of player that is going to be a part of the unstoppable category. And what I mean by that is he going to get his numbers regardless. If they're efficient, the Mavs going to win. If they're not, they're going to lose. That's what's Mm going to be different. I believe also watching uh, Jalen Brunson play against Chris Paul too. Yep. And Spencer Dinwiddie on the perimeter also. And so there are multiple people that I'm excited to see, <clears throat> but because the Suns have D-Book and, and Ayton, they should be able to take care of business in six. It does feel like DeAndre Ayton is, is a key point of differential and advantage for them and you know you know I love Dwight Powell Maxi Kleba but they don't have the kind of uh, interior defensive ability to slow down Aiden especially with Chris Paul sort of orchestrating the offense and he can key on key on those matchups and those spots where Aiden can be successful and just give him buckets I think he's going to be the key to the series if the Suns are going to be successful obviously so here's a question for you Jalen Rose is when I look at the Mavs I see a couple good defenders, right? There's some there's some good defenders on that team. You know, Finney I mean? Smith. Finney Smith. Finney Smith comes to mind. Reggie Bullock can play defense. But they've got one of the best team defenses in the league. 
Like it's like the sum of the parts is is greater than whatever that saying is. It's, it's like the 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 totality of what they do as a team. It, it makes them better than the individual defenders that they are. And can this defense slow down or stop the Suns' offense because they have so many weapons at every level? You just said the key at every level. You got CP3, the point guard, playing in an elite level. You bring back D Book, who's a bucket and has become more efficient. You got the wings that are slashing Jordan and Bridges. And then you got the anchor down low and Aiton. And you got size to back him up and JaVale McGee. So I just feel like this, what I've been saying all season, I'm not going to do like I did with the Bucks and no. get blinded by a 24-hour period. The bottom line is this. The Suns have been the best team in basketball. Mm -hmm. And they still are until I see them lose four out of seven. Yeah, I've got the Mavs winning. The, I mean, the Suns winning the series for sure, especially with the home court advantage, with Devin Booker coming back, the time that Devin Booker's had to take off to get ready for this. And again, the DeAndre Ayton problem. Like, I just don't see anybody that's going to be able to slow him down. And they've got ways to get him the ball in successful spots. This is going to be, in my opinion, a pretty easy game one for the Suns, but you never know. You never know, especially when you've got someone who can be as nuclear as Luka can be. Unless, unless your guy, the $80 million sniper, Bertans, can be reincarnated. <laughs> Don't you dare put like that evil Larry on me. Like Larry Joe Bird Don't over you your right shoulder. Don't you dare put that evil on me. Davis Bertans <laughs> is not my guy, nor has he ever been my guy. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. They're like, do you want Dinwiddie? They're like, yeah, we want Dinwiddie. They're like, you got to take Bertans. They try Bertans, too. Like, sometimes they'll throw him in for the, like, the end of the third quarter or whatever just to see if he can hit a couple threes. He can't. I don't know how that happened. Well, again, like, he played well. Shot great from three, got a huge contract. Jalen Brunson comes to mind, someone who's going to be a free agent, playing amazing, playing the best basketball I've ever seen him play in these playoffs right before he get, comes up in free agency. His dad said that there's going to be no hometown discount for the Mavs if you're the Mavs front office. How do you feel about committing long-term to Jalen Brunson being the running mate for Luka Doncic? See, a lot of building a team has to do with chemistry and trust and that starts with your best player Luca and if you see that they have good camaraderie and how the team rallied around Brunson without Luca and how it welcomed Luca their superstar back into the fold and then how both of them were still able to play well and close out a Utah Jazz team that on paper going into the season I thought was better. And then you got a point guard that's a Hall of Famer coaching them that understands how to put the ball into their hands and allow them to operate. I think you keep that together. And who's their owner? Mark Cuban. He got it. He got the money. See, the salary the, cap. It the, ain't the one, just about him having the money, but they can, you know. It's, they it's what, got the money. They can pay whoever they want. That uh, uh, Don't even say that sentence. You know, like that, that used to get put in the ethos to protect the owners and to protect the NCAA and to protect big corporations. They got the money if they want to spend it. How many times has your job told you they ain't had the money and go sign somebody else? You're like, well, they got the money. Like, they have it. 
And so Mark Cuban definitely got it. And the one thing about uh, what Rick said about a hometown discount is he's right. But the, the issue now really for the Mavs is they need to get a game-changing player on the interior. And like I told you, Rudy Gobert looked real nice with them. Everybody talking about breaking up the Jazz and they put Donovan Mitchell somewhere else. But mm -hmm. if you're the Jazz, that means you're choosing Gobert over Mitchell. So I want people to think about it if you're Utah, not New York. And you ask yourself, if you're Utah, you're breaking it up, who do you move first, Jacoby? Rudy Gobert, without question. You got and, and Donovan Mitchell's on contract for three more years. Three more years. And, and so you continue to hear people say other destinations for him, but Gobert may actually be the person that's on the move. And so, yes, if you the Mavs, you retain Brunson, you keep him with Luka, you try to build around what they've already established. Let me throw some teams out there for potential Rudy Gobert destinations. You tell me how you feel about them. Okay. You mentioned Dallas, yep. Charlotte, yep. Toronto, Brooklyn. Yep. Tell me I who don't I'm like missing. him for Toronto. I don't like him for Toronto. Okay. You got to keep the floor spread. You got all of those six, 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 five. Dude, Other than Van Vliet and uh, Gary Trent Jr., they like to play you know, dribble pass and shoot with Pascal Siakam at the five. But, I mean, Masai love that defense, though. So if you're going to be able to parlay mm -hmm. somebody into Rudy Gobert, he'll do it. But I don't love it as much for how Nick Nurse likes to play. Who Who's the other teams you said? Charlotte, Brooklyn, yes. Dallas. Charlotte. Yes, yes, Brooklyn. It would have to be the Brooklyn. The only way to get him to Brooklyn would be like a Ben Simmons thing, and who's going to trade for Ben Simmons? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I say, I just, say no to. It's Brooklyn. hard to get him there. Hard to get him I, there. I say no to Brooklyn because what do you think Steve Nash is going to focus on when he's talking to his team pregame? Defense. No. He you should. ever watch them play? He should. You think you think, you think he's talking to them about defense? Is that Rudy Gobert, is that what Rudy you Go decipher? Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert is a is a is an instant. He's like an instant instant coffee. He's like instant defense. You put him on the team, your defense gets gets you know ten points out of 100, 100 possessions better. Not true. Mm-hmm. True. So, no, I love Rudy well, Gobert. I'm high on Rudy Gobert. Well, 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 well. Let me tell you what's not true. The dominance defense. Rudy Gobert and Giannis, just for my eye test on the interior, are like the most dominant bigs defensively. You got to give MB some credit on rim, rim protection also. Mm. But all but all situations ain't created equal. And what has changed in today's game is you're talking about Rudy Gobert in the contents like he going to block every shot. Like when you get a chance, I want you to watch the Dallas Mavs series. And all you do is get to the paint and you shoot right over him. You don't have to get all the way to the rim. That's what I meant about Ja. Like the like something Ja's gonna add to his game is a, a a stop and shoot in the lane shot, a runner in the lane shot, a floater in the lane shot. But Jalen Brunson, for example, is a player that ain't getting to the rim like that. He ain't dunking on people. Chris Paul ain't doing that. So they had to learn that. You see what I mean? The, when he gets a Tony Parker type floater, Ja do, mm -hmm. he would have made that shot yesterday in the game.
That was, that was a little floater right there. TP, one or two dribbles with the left, boop, little giant killer. And so uh, I, I saw Rudy Gobert get put in pick and rolls and Snake dribbled and ISOed and Luka up and under and on him and Jalen Brunson got him jumping. So just cause he's standing in the paint, it ain't stopping guys from shooting over him no more. It has to be like a whole scheme. And I think what works for him, and Atlanta's another team. Let yep, me tell you what one. I think. A volume point guard that is a non-defender. So that's Trey, LaMelo, Luca. So now you need that word that you just said literally, an anchor. If you don't, if you don't, because remember, an anchor also doesn't move. And it also can clog up the paint sometimes. <laughs> you see what I mean? Offensively. So while Rudy Gobert, I'll take him on my team, like the Pistons. He come right to Detroit. I love him in Detroit. Be great, be an excellent piston. You giving up? You giving up? Uh, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, and a pick. A couple. No, we're not giving up future MVPs. Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bay. So <laughs> Sadiq Bay. We're yeah, it's gonna be MVPs on the same one team. and two in the MVP. In like yeah. 2024, they're gonna finish one and two in the MVP no voting. It's gonna no be doubt. unprecedented. Us and Killian Hayes gonna be most improved. Yeah, he <laughs> got a lot of improvement to do. <laughs> a lot of room. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a huge Killian Hayes fan. Jalen can't say anything, but I've just never, I've never been a huge Killian Hayes fan. He got work fan. to do. He got work. Like, oh, he, he showed some flashes this year defensively and making some shots and passing. He had a couple of viral dimes. You know, I, th I, th I think he, he gained more confidence in himself, which gained the organization and the fans more confident in him coming back next year to continue to grow. Jalen, people that listen to this podcast know that Jalen Rose has been on two boxers, Terrence Crawford and Shakur Stevenson, forever. Like since, like since they were like, like in the crib, you know. From and he, the he's cradle just been, to he's the just been grave. preaching about the skills and the abilities of these two men. And ever since you started preaching about him, I don't think either of them is lost. To be honest with you, <laughs> like, I got to bring him on the show this week. Has, has Terrence Crawford lost in the last five years. Has, has Shakur no. Stevenson lost in the last no. five years? No. Shakur Stevenson made light work in a unification bout of Oscar Valdez over the weekend. I don't even know what's next for him. Like, there's no one to fight. And let me tell you what's crazy. He got hit more than he has in any fight in his career. And you see him after the fight, no marks on his face. Nope. You see Pictures him at the end of the, the fight? Baby. Running you know, around, like, celebrating before the fight's it, over. Dude's trying to punch him. He's just yeah, moving. He, he could have did another fight. <laughs> he he remind me a lot, like people will say Floyd, but I'm gonna tell you who he truly remind me of. Who? Sugar Ray Leonard. Huh. Because like Floyd, Sugar Ray Leonard was considered like Steph Curry, like the baby face, um, like uh likable mainstream um take a picture with your kid character but also transform into this Hall of Fame worthy fighter. And when Sugar Ray used to throw his little bolo punch, like that that was, and, and the way he used to move his feet and the way he like had a personality about himself.
Like, I'm a Tommy Hearns fan, the Motor City Cobra, of course. And I rooted against Sugar Ray and Michael Jordan for so many years. Like, bo like both of them, I rooted against them for, I, like when Sugar Ray was losing to Tommy Hearns and he hurt my guy's eye, and then he beat him. I think in like the 14, oh man, we was crushed. Oh man, I rooted against Sugar Ray forever. But now as I look back at the journey, and I love the OG now, I got a chance to see him recently at an NAACP event and told him the exact same story, and he knows why. Shakira Stevenson reminds me of him. Like, the face of boxing type of mm -hmm. maturity and growth. And the inability for people to hit him there's, there's, and how his speed gives him power. Those are the things that, and their footwork. Remember Sugar Ray used to do the little Ali shuffle? You know, like, like, like those type of things. So we got to get to a fight. As a matter of fact, I'm going to text him and try to get him to come on the show. Sure. Because uh, that's my guy. Champion. And those are listening to J&J. Those are listening to J&J know that we've been talking about Terrence Crawford and Shakur Stevenson. Preach. I mean, when you start first started talking about Shakur Stevenson, I had to Google him, right? And now, <laughs> and now he on the front page of ESPN.com holding belts. I believe we definitely were the first ESPN show he was on for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Big shout to him. All right, Mr. No Rose, a couple, couple of things I want to discuss with you. Number one, the Pelicans, great successful postseason. You know what I mean? Pushing the, the number one seed to six games, getting through the play-in. Zion sitting there in street clothes the whole time, and he says that he couldn't be able to sign a max extension fast enough to stay with the Pelicans. There's always been rumors that he's kind of had one foot out the door of this organization. How do you feel the future? What do you feel the future holds for Zion Williamson and this organization, the Pelicans? I, I want to give the Pelicans credit because I would say I told you so, but I ain't even that kind of guy. Mm. So many, and that's sarcasm. So, so many people, again, and you could go back to I said it on this show. I said it on Get Up. I want to see Zion stay with the Pelicans. And so often, everybody put them in a different location. And I'm saying to myself, first off, shout to the NBA and Adam Silver because the rookie wage scale deal makes it to where you really got to be unhappy to want to leave. When mm -hmm. you're 21 years old and you got 22, $250 million right there. Now, you got to grab that. Like... I'll be unhappy when I get a little older. Let me worry about that when I get 25, 26, 27. Exactly. I'm getting this deal you put right 250, now. There's not much you could put in the document that I wouldn't sign for Correct. $250 million. Like There's just not much you could put in there. Right. You know, look, you know. look at all of the young players that people try to put them on new locations. They re-sign with that team for that rookie deal. You go get that bread. You you under 24 years old and somebody about to give you a four-year deal for 250 million, you better hurry up and sign. There's nothing you can put in the document. There's nothing. There's you know, nothing. Or, or, or you leave and take like a $60 million haircut. The only, like, only person I know with a $60 million haircut is you, Mr. Rose. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And so players ain't doing that. Devin Booker, um, Donovan Mitchell. I, 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 I could go on and on and on on these all-star level players that Aiden. when they got to that team, people were like, hey, man, I want to see such and such play somewhere else. They like, how much did Dame get paid in his career? Sign can we, me. Can we talk about Dame? No one's talking about Dame, right? He got hurt. The Trailblazers were tanking at the end. Of, they just, just, just wild rosters they were putting out there in lineups. It's starting lineups of like four dudes I've never heard of before. And uh, are we sure Dame is long for, for the, uh, the Portland area, Mr. Rose? No one's talking about this, but I could see something happening this offseason. Well, that's why I brought his name up and when I was thinking about Zion because an all-star level movement player. And so when people are talking about a Donovan Mitchell, you should be thinking more about a Dame Lillard because if I'm Utah with three years left on his deal, why am I doing that? And for Zion, why am I walking away from 50, 60 million dollars when they just made the playoffs without me? You see what I'm saying? With a lot of young pieces that look good and look like they're gonna get better. Well, I, I don't even care about that part. I'm getting my money. They made the playoffs without me. This is a me thing. See, everybody believes that somebody walks into a room and they're negotiating a deal like that. And you think he like, man, if y'all don't take care of Alvarado, then I'm leaving. He like, you know what? Y'all give me this 250. And I believe y'all should keep Jose Alvarado after our sign. Just look at Aaron Rodgers. You, you, I always thought the Aaron Rodgers Devontae Adams thing would be, would be linked. Like he was in the like he was in the negotiation room being like, yeah, I'm, I'm only staying if Adams stays. You know, I got but another nope. one. He signed the next day, the Adams is gone. I got another one. And this is a J and J. These are J and J exclusives, because both of them been on this show. We said this about Houston, Texas, or D Hop and Kyler. Mm-hmm. Like, D-Hop had to leave to get his bread. He had to leave to get his bread in, and he liked Kyler less. You know what I'm saying? That's still his man. But they on text right now, but they saying things about the Texans and, and, and the Cardinals that TMZ would love to print. But they like had to leave to get their bread. And so Zion, the money's right there, and he ain't even play this year. He didn't play. So he definitely got to take the money, smartly. Jalen, I'm not going to say this person is the best rapper, but who's my favorite rapper of all time? Ah, look out, it's the Funkadelic Funk for Chumps that don't be knowing my name, Redman Gilla. Redman is my favorite rapper of all time, and we don't like to discuss politics too much here on Jalen and Jacoby, you know what I mean? But sometimes we're forced to, and this is one of those days. Jalen Rose, Redman wants to challenge the Republican and Democratic parties. He wants to start his own political party called the National Cannabis Party. I love all of those words. I love to party. I love legal cannabis. And I love the great nation. I love the great nation. Yeah, all of that. International, national cannabis party. How do you feel about the NCP, the National Cannabis Party, Mr. Rose? You gonna sign up? Well, I, I, I'll give my top five members of that. Of that, uh, he, here's who I feel like <laughs> the Mount should Rushmore. oversee. Oversee the here's the five overseers of different chambers. Mount Cushmore. Mount. Yeah, let's do that. So, <laughs> Red and Meth, Snoop. Yup. Yep. Wiz Khalifa. 
Get, let, me get Willie, let me get Willie Be Nelson real. on there. We got to get a white guy involved. Let me get Willie Nelson in there. You know what I mean? The vet. I, I like Willie Nelson. You got to get Willie Nelson in no there. No doubt He's about a, it. You got to be involved. No and doubt. Cheech and He's Chong got to be like, Cheech and Chong got to be like, you know, like no a doubt. special, special consigliere's. No doubt about it. Dr. Dre, just because he had the chronic. Yeah. <laughs> he got to be on there. Oh, Redman. Good for Redman. Jalen Rose, finally, we have something you've been asking for for a long time. You've been asking for Mark Harry Jackson to get a gig. Harry and Tom the 20s? No, no, those ain't happening. Those ain't happening. Oh. <laughs> those ain't happening. We gave up on those. Mark Jackson Jeez. is a finalist for the King's job. Do you think that he ends up back in the NorCal area as a head coach? Smart for the Kings to do this. So, like, coaches are hired to be fired. So, therefore, there's low risk when you hire somebody that's not in coaching and hasn't been in coaching, but it's high reward if you can win with that person. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't been paying attention to the NBA, when the playoffs happen the last couple of decades, you don't see the Sacramento Kings participate. No. The last time they was in the playoffs, they had Macy Edward, Christopher Weber playing all-star NBA, all-NBA ball with Vladi and Mike Bibby and Bobby Jackson and Peja Stojakovic. Rick Adelman was the coach. That's the last time they made the actual playoffs. The actual, I, I didn't say went around. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yep. And so if you could get a guy like Mark Jackson, you ain't going to have to give him $10 million a year. Like, um, uh, uh, like, like, the, like uh, Eric Spolster is probably garnering right now. And so he's already won. He's the... Uh, a, a, a main chief architect with building the Splash Brothers and the Warriors dynasty. And I remember telling you something then that people didn't know. How Draymond Green was not looked upon to be a starter. And when Mark Jackson put him in the starting lineup, people got mad at him. I know you remember this. Can't take away from David Lee's minutes. You know what I mean? Can't take away from the great David Lee's minutes. And there were people in the organization. There were people that were fans. And I ain't going to even make it a racial component because David Lee is my guy who I played with in the Knicks. And for a couple of years, he was a 2010 guy. He was that dude. And pedestrious. Great hands. He was a 2010 guy. But Mark Jackson saw the Splash Brothers and said Draymond Green fits better with what they do. And Draymond Green wasn't even a starter, but he was a captain. Just think about that. He wasn't even a starter, but he was a captain. And so Mark also told us that the Splash Brothers, did he say that they were one of the greatest shooters backcourts of all time? The greatest shooting backcourt of all time. And I think Clay was in his second year at the time, too. <laughs> right. Right. Clay didn't even have facial hair. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Clay wasn't doing wing commercials. He wasn't the everyday man then. Did you know that this was the 10th the, the year of Draymond, Clay, and Steph being together? Doesn't it feel wow. like, doesn't feels like less, but when you look back, wow. you're like, yeah, wow. that makes sense. Wow. 10 years. That's the halfway point of me doing this. 
The first finals I've done, I was just telling Richard Jefferson. He was playing for the Nets and they were playing for the Lakers. So, wow, you were playing against the Lakers. So you reminded me, wow, that's the halfway point. Crazy, the splash. God, if only, if only I could think of another duo that's been together for 10 years, too, outside of the Splash Brothers. Oh, that's right, Jalen and Jacoby, 10 years strong, and we will be back tomorrow with another dope pot of step two. Why is that, Jalen Anthony Rose? Hey, Jacoby. You know Talk I like to, to sprinkle stuff for the pod listeners, especially oh, those yeah, that have sprinkle at the end. Late, little, late, 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 late. Oh, see, some people just turned off the pod because they heard correct, me say we'll be back correct. tomorrow. That, this, you know, this is the this, industry yeah. tastemaker part. Yeah, this is I got this, an this, NBA this, thing. That was the dope. And I got a, a fashion thing. So the NBA thing. Where did my kids grow up? Atlanta. Where's Anthony Edwards from? What? That's the one thing I just want to just sprinkle be main. What? Sign, what? sign your rookie deal. What? And then sprinkle be main. Sign your rookie deal. What? Do what Zion going to do. Do the Zion. Sign your rookie deal. And then maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Come in home. Sorry. He's coming home. <laughs> they just went to the playoffs. He's in his second year. He's gonna sign a rookie extension, is what you mean, for that for that Zion money? Because he was the where did he get picked in the draft? Oh, that's right. He was the number one First, pick, just like Zion. Just We're like not Zion. taking so that, no fifty, sixty million dollar haircut at twenty years old. So then after you, you sign the extension, you start forcing your way to the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, man, 2024. We're going to have to keep this clip for 2024. Shh. What's the fashion thing? That's one. <clears throat> Here's the fashion thing I want to say. You guys going to see a lot of public figures that think they know or care about fashion. But here's the industry tastemaker renaissance man comment I want to throw out there. What were they doing in 1994 when I was walking across the stage with a red and white suit with red gaiters? What were they doing when I was in college wearing baggy shorts and a bald head? What were they doing? This is not new. And let me tell y'all something. It ain't just the fashion. It's the hair. It's the glasses. It's everything. And I know you saw that Fear of God blazer. I know. Shout to Jerry. He just crushed it. Oh, my God. My Fear of God. Your old ABC with the dress jeans on and the Louboutin. Like, it, it, it just wasn't even fair. Because I knew people wouldn't even understand. You know, I made it so unfair. I just rolled up the sleeves. You ain't never seen my sleeves rolled up. You know, I'm going to just roll up the sleeve. So let me tell you what's next. I'm going to do the opposite with the pants. I'm going to do the boot cut throwback white shadow Harlem Globetrotter warm-up type dress pan is coming up soon. And we'll be back tomorrow with Action Bronson and another dope pop for you to step to and our TV show each day, 4 p.m. on ESPN2 because like the Blastmaster Karis one once famously said to a microphone, we're not done. We're not done. We are not done.
We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel exhausting, borderline impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand with just enough context so you can listen, get it, and go on with your day. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore.